This pod is brought to you by Just Right Reader. Has your school or district moved to teaching the science of reading? Are you revisiting phonics skills with readers? Then you'll need decodable text. Just Right Reader offers decodable texts that are as unique as the students you serve. Their protected texts focus on singular phonics skills to give emerging readers the chance to practice in authentic books. They even have take-home kits for families that help parents to assist their child in learning with QR codes. Visit JustRightReader.com and tell them the modern principal sent you. Hi everyone, this is Karen, and in a few minutes you're going to meet Christy, and we are the Modern Principal. We are enthusiastic educators with over 30 years of combined experience in leadership roles. We are on a quest to redefine the role of leadership in schools and use our voices to steer the new generation. Each week, we take real-life scenarios sent to us from listeners and address it from three different lenses. This week, we are covering all about community connections. Hi, how's it going? I'm on Benadryl, so I'm very out of it. You know when you're like in like a your head is floating away. Yes, that's yes. where I'm you at. Sound, you've had a big week though, because Five? well, you were at your HR conference this whole week. Yes, it was wonderful. And then before that, we right before that, we were in New York City, seeing Harry Styles. He seeing Sir Harry Styles. We were, um, I think, literally the oldest people there not chaperoning their own children. I mean, we could only see like a five foot radius. Yeah, but I think it was pretty, <laughs> I think that's accurate. I think it was most evident when we were leaving and no one was freaked out <laughs> by the small was, quarters of which. It was like, yeah, a tunnel and it was kind of clustered. Yeah. I mean, anything could have happened. And of course we're all, the three of us who went, we're all kind of like a little anxious. And so we're all like, what if something terrible happened? Well, we're millennials and we've lived through terrible things. Yes. So we're always prepared for it. Yes. But, but all was, these little Gen Zers had no idea. No, because they don't have their full-blown anxiety yet. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think that, what's even after Gen Z? Is I feel it, like a lot of them were even younger. I heard like it's they were, called Gen Z. Gen COVID. Z. Oh yeah. I think there's a lot of Gen Zers. Yeah. So C this is probably like their first big outing. <laughs> Ever in their whole life. Yeah, in their whole lives. <laughs> Anyways, it was great. Christy is now, I'm a, now a believer. I'm a believer. I'm a fan. I have my playlist that I listen to all the time now. Right? You I do. do? I have songs that I've now memorized. That's really So, good. I know. I was fit, and I was trying to explain the allure to other people. Like who? The girls I went out with last night. And did they... Buy they it. they didn't buy it, but they haven't seen him in concert. They haven't seen seen him spit his water bottle all over. No, <laughs> and there's something about his bebop while he's wearing a sequin suit. It just it just does it. Even if you're not like attracted to him, you are just attracted to the moment. You can't you can't deny it's the he's vibe. a performer. It is the vibe. Anyways, okay, back. Back to education. Back to education. Maybe we should have a pop culture pod as well. I mean, I don't (laughs) think you'd be very good. I would not be very good. (laughs) Uh, But with all my newfound free time, I'm gonna. I'm really trying. You haven't even tried. I tried to get you to watch Housewives. I'm gonna get there. I still think you should start with Vanderpump. Okay. Okay. So many, so many things to watch. I have, I have like 15 years of pop culture to catch up on. Yeah, you're really bad. (laughs) Okay, but this week's scenario. Um, we have Clueless in Connecticut wrote uh-huh. us about, with COVID, it seems like we have really disconnected with our from our community. What are some good steps we can take to rebuild those connections? Oh, yes. So, I think this is something that a lot of us are going through. I mean, I think we keep forgetting that just this time last year, 
Like, our building was closed off still. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, we weren't having people. Visitors. Visitors, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and we weren't having in-person events. We were all yep. still wearing, wearing masks. Like, again, this time last year, that's still where we were. Yep. And it was um, when I was transitioning the new principal, my staff, and we've talked about this before, we did a lot of stop, start, continues mm-hmm. with different things. And it was really interesting talking about the community connection piece because they were like, well, it's technically like starting it because we haven't done it mm-hmm. in three years. But it was really good for us to review some of the things we did pre-COVID. And to remind yourself. Remind ourselves. Because we have this new normal. Of-, of family staying out of the building. Yeah. And like tiptoeing back into what does that look like. Um, yeah, it matters. It really does. It's a good time to examine that because parents also feel that disconnect. Yes. And so does the community. So it's really important for your teams to sit around. And talk about it. Totally agree. So we looked up some of these scholar pieces. And by we, I mean Karen did. She's really taking over my job. Yeah, Google is helpful. Very helpful. <laughs> where, where I was, like, trying to be, like, an EBSCO host and nope. doing, like, journals. Karen's like, no, we're just doing Google. I just typed into Google. <laughs> School and parent partnerships after COVID. Um, yes. So, obviously, sometimes we... The best thing would probably be to re-examine your philosophy on, like, what is a partnership. Um, And I think that some people struggled with this pre-COVID, that it does need to be two-way. And Mm -hmm. really looking at what community and parents can provide to the school as well as what schools offer. So there's a lot of research around those two connections. Obviously, communities... um, provide environments that can complement and reinforce the values happening in your school. And I thought that was an interesting perspective of like, sometimes you want your school to mirror the community and sometimes you want your community to mirror your school. That's good. And so just thinking about that with like, what, where is the best version of humanity and getting, getting that replicated kind of thing. Um, Also talking about schools offer in a, in a big way um, a focal point for the community and for kids as well as a way to really mobilize community resources for the families yes. and thinking of it that way um, and and how we're really providing like the future of this community. We're growing the future in our schools and just making sure we're aware of that and what the community needs us to be growing with our kids. Like what does that need to look at? You're just kind of staring. I'm really struggling with what to say next. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I might be the one with the Benadryl. (laughs) No, but the research was also talking about, too, that um, having frequent communication and frequent partnership with families, kids do better behaviorally, teachers feel more valued, and that's from NEA today. Um, And so we do want to look for a few different things they talked about. One, you definitely want activities to connect people to the organization. So thinking about actual activities. Um, somehow, number two, pr- promoting shared goals. And you might have to have some sort of focus group or um, parent committee or something where you're um, talking about what those shared goals actually are. Um, three, increasing learning experiences for students. That's always going to be a goal of school. And then um, creating an inclusive environment. That's number four. That's something that I feel like my PTA did really, really well. And we can talk more about that kind of in the systems. Um, and then five, making sure that you have uh, supporting personalized learning experiences for kids. And so bringing in the community can often do that because you have more people with more diverse backgrounds that can yeah. hopefully provide more um, personalized learning. And this may, once again, just be the Benadryl talking. But I feel like... 
I liked that part that NEA today had that teachers feel more valued because mm-hmm. right now teachers are not feeling valued. And that is correlating with the fact that we have not connected with the community. Mm-hmm. So the only way that teachers are getting insights into how they're viewed right now is social media, which is not a friendly uh, place no. for educators. It's been rough lately. There's just been a lot of um, negative thoughts about teachers and, and teachers. blatant attacks. Right. <laughs> and so perhaps that's coinciding with us not having the information directly from our own yep. community. And so we're kind of writing a story in our own heads a little bit about how we're viewed from our community because we haven't been able to see our communities. That's so, a really good point. You're so wise today. It's my Benadryl, man. It's going to take me on a journey. There's going to be some wisdom and there's going to be some missteps. Anyways, I think that it would be really important to bring that conversation to teachers forefronts too about like listen to the actual messages you are receiving from the people that matter the most, which is our school community. That's a really good point to make sure that we are being intentional as principals and as leaders to set that stage for teachers and yep. like give them, you know, and to really explicitly say, think about that. Right. Because I don't believe that our community doesn't necessarily believe everything you're seeing online. And for those listening that are parents, as opposed to um, an educator, one thing that I've tried to be really intentional about is to point out when little things happen that the staff handled well. Mm-hmm. And just sending an email to the principal and CCing the teacher or vice versa, sending an email to the teacher and CCing the principal. It's just really helpful. Like my daughter's first day of school, they had their power go out for four hours. Uh-huh. And I was just thinking about all those new kids in the environment. So oh. I just was like, that sounds like a nightmare. As an educator, I know how hard that would be. So I just sent an email to everyone. Yeah. Like my kid had a great first day in spite of no electricity for four hours during their lunch shift. No. <laughs> and so like... Just thinking about ways that you can pump them up in times like this where and, they are and working I hard. think it's those little things that make a way bigger difference than, like, gifts. I mean, yes. teachers love gifts, I think, right. especially when it's, like, tailored to them. But, but just noticing but, when they're doing hard things in a hard environment. Yes, yes. goes a long way. Um, systems. Yep, so systems in terms of building community, especially with parents. Um One of the things I saw was it's really important to go back and evaluate the systems you have in place now because it's a great time to rebuild. So what are the things that weren't working and what are the things that were? One of them was talking about parents get really lost in the shuffle of information. So being succinct about what platforms you use and how information exits your school. Yes. I think communication is almost always a number one area of improvement. I think when you hear from parents, when you hear from teachers, yep. like it's always a complaint. Right. <laughs> it's always something that can be improved. Right. Um, in a school building. And you're never going to make everyone happy. No, no. Let that go. And I think what's been interesting too, especially now that I'm no longer um, an employee in my kids' school district, yeah. um, it's just in a different lens because where you maybe thought you were communicating so well and I thought that the school was communicating because I was a part of the system. Yeah, you knew I'm kind everything. of like, oh, maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I was um, in terms of that. And I think one thing that's really important is to give parents an idea of when they can expect communication. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, in terms of, okay, I'm sending out my school newsletter every Friday yep. or sending the teachers, their, the expectation is they send their grade level or their classroom newsletter um, home every Friday, whatever it might be, because I will say as a parent and not being in the system anymore, 
it's really nice to know when I can expect to get the menu for the next week. Right. <laughs> we would standardize all of that. Everything went home in our homeschool folder on Wednesdays. Yep. And we had... We'd save flyers. Like we if we Thursday got flyers folders. on Friday, we'd save them till the next yep, Wednesday. Same thing. We start, We did Thursday folders. That was actually something that one of my supervisors, when I very first became a, a principal, he was like, hey, my kids go to this school and I, I need information streamlined a little it's bit. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah. And put someone in charge of that. My secretary was great at that. Yeah. Just streamlined to be you. You can definitely delegate that. One of the other things that might be a good system is to look at how you're getting feedback from your Mm -hmm. families and your community and make sure that you're using that feedback and And sharing it with them and with your teachers. We learned in our specialist program, um, don't take a survey and collect data from people that you're not going to then share the results with them. Right. And so um, I did like my newsletter in S'more or whatever. And so when, when I did do feedback, I wasn't perfect, but I did try, like, after surveys to be like, hey, thanks so much for filling out the survey, family. 97% of you agreed that we're doing a good job. Oh, blah, that's blah, blah, smart. Blah. Um, and just, that just promotes your story. Yes. That tells your own message. Yes. So it, it does kind of twofold in terms of showing families that you are taking their feedback into consideration. And then also that you're, hopefully it was really positive. Yeah. <laughs> or you're sharing the positive things so that yes. someone can be like, oh, okay, well. I guess I was only the one of the 3% that didn't, didn't think like this was that. good. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, one of the things to think about too, is varying the types of activities and events that you offer as you're starting to like plan stuff. Obviously we're big proponents of calendaring all of that in now. Yes. Don't wait month to month to be like, what are we doing this month? No. Sit down with your team and map it. It's good for families too. That's another thing. So now, um, I travel for my job. Yes. And, um, I didn't realize how nice it would be to have a year long calendar. Uh So especially because like, you don't want to disappoint your kids. So like Like if their, if their musical is on this week. Yeah. And if I know now I can tell my job, Hey, I can't travel this time because my kid's doing this huge school tradition. Right. But what I'm worried about is that something's going to come up and I'm I'm already have, you know what I mean? Like committed to work travel and then you disappoint your kid. Yep. I always did a year at a glance and then I would attach a quarter at a glance of my weekly news. That's really smart. Yep. That's really smart. I did it for teachers, too, so they could plan their own lives as well. Yeah. I think that's important. I agree. But thinking about um, my PTO was really big about wanting a variety of styles of events, and I thought that was good conversation mm-hmm. for us. So some educational, some just for fun, some with big groups, some with small groups. Um, a lot of teachers or a lot of parents felt like they couldn't get to know the kids in their own grade level, mm-hmm. especially since COVID. And so one of the things um, we talked about starting last year that they have started this year at the school, I no longer work out, but they're still <laughs> doing it. Um, is that a legacy a, lives on. Yes, that a grade level would ho- host each PTO meeting. That's genius and so easy. So then all the kindergarten families know that all three, four kindergarten teachers are going to be at this PTO meeting. They're going to spotlight kindergarten-specific things just to bring people in. Next month is first grade. So you know, like, as a parent, I'm going to come to the meeting where my kid's teacher is going to be telling me stuff. But it also hooks you into PTO. Yeah. So... We started to, um, sometimes you have the kind of more quote unquote, like boring things that maybe it's harder to get parents to attend. Like curriculum night. Like curriculum nights. I honestly, like our PTA board meetings, it was sometimes hard to get a different group of people. And so, um, or sometimes the educational activities weren't as exciting as just the, just for fun. (laughs) 
like carnivals and stuff. Um, And so we tried really hard to um, back up some of the less fun things with a fun thing attached to it. So, hey, um, first and second grade are going to be doing their um, <laughs> their performance backed up to this PTA board meeting. Yep, we did that. Um, and just trying to, because sometimes that If you have an audience, you, you might as well use it yeah, to partner. Agreed, agreed. So what about the soul side? Oh, well, this was interesting, I thought. This was insane. So in 2019, so pre-COVID, y'all, um, 59% of parents reported they had not had a call from their child's school, and this was at the elementary level. 59%. I think that is so wild. I, when I, I think about it, I haven't had a call either. I'm trying, I've had emails, but not a call. A lot of emails. I have definitely had calls, and I'm trying to decide... What I prefer, I just think it's so nice to receive phone calls. It helps you. So I, at my HR conference this week, it talked about the way we communicate. And only 7% of your message is delivered through the actual words that you use. Right. And so they get a lot from tone. So the other 93% yes. is through your tone, your body language. Yeah. yeah. And especially if you're working, because we haven't had family members in the buildings as much, they don't know your tone and your body language to then add to your email. Do you know, does that make sense? Right. Like to. And not that I view like a nice email as fake. I don't at all. Like when, no, they, no. when they'll write me back and be like, your kid is so blank, blank, blank. But I also don't feel like it's quite the same as like hearing someone yeah. talk about my kid. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It's, different. That's a, that's a pretty big percentage though. Yeah. Have and never... That's pre-COVID. So imagine what it is now. And then the other thing to think about is that, um, well, if you want to bridge in, informal is the best way to do it. Yep, that makes sense. You're there to rival, car rider. Um, We've had a lot of issues district-wide with bus staffing, and so a Mm. lot of districts have increase their number of car riders. Yep. It's a great way to get FaceTime. Get Absolutely. your staff out there. And and as a principal, be really um, intentional about where you are. Yeah. Um, car rider is a really great place for you to get to know families. So yep. if there is a question of, oh, should I be put myself on bus or car rider duty? Not that you're not important at bus rider because it's important to know bus drivers and yep. those kids too, but you can be really strategic in how you are getting FaceTime with more community members and more families. Yep. What else? What are some things you've done? What are some quick soul events? I think we're talking long, so are we? I don't know. I oh, didn't man. keep track. Um, one thing that I have done, and I can see this kind of being controversial, but is I and you, I know you've done it too in some roles, but hiring and recruiting. Oh, I do. Parents, mm-hmm. um, and I can see this going either. You have to be careful. I think you do have to kind of be careful, but well, you're I not have, saying you're going to hire them on the spot. Correct. You're encouraging them to apply. To apply. That's yes. your Karen from HR. Yes, and, and I'm offering always, positions, and I'm. I'm always really, um, not, op- not the word isn't open, but like upfront about, Hey, I'm just going to interview like I would anyone else. You, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, but I think that you could potentially be good for this role, but I am actually doing real interviews. You know what? 80% of people, another HR fact, here you go. 80% of people work within 15 miles of where they grew up. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. Interesting. Yep. But I love having family members work in the building um, because I think that they can then be some of your best advocates because their kids are friends with other kids and then they're friends with the parents. Yes. Um, And I think it just adds another layer of um, community to your school. What about you? Um, One of the things that I love doing was in order to get our kids out to the community. So this is less about parents and more about community, but we would take walking trips around town. I did this as a teacher. I did this, encouraged it as a principal. 
school, um, as a principal, my kids would just walk to the library. It was yes. like half a mile or we'd walk to the park for like a celebration, um, and encourage parents to meet us there. We'd go tour the local businesses. Um, we also always did something with career day, which was really awesome. Yes, it's such a good way to get people in. Yep. I do remember at our, the school we met at and they did the around town field trip. Yes. And I went on it as when I was an instructional coach, cause I needed an extra adult. And I was like, eight and a half months pregnant. Oh my gosh. Literally guys, it was like a three or four miles and walking all day. Oh my gosh. That's funny. That's funny. Um, we talked about, we did this one year and it didn't really get off the ground, but we talked about keeping it going was like, um, having different social events just for grade level. So Mm -hmm. like having first grade families after drop off coming in for coffee and just hanging out in the morning so they could get to know other first grade parents. Yes. Things like that. Yes. Um, our school too, at the elementary level, they wanted, they loved Friday night activities just to do something as a family. Yep. Um, so that was always really fun. Um, I think too, thinking about how you can, um, promote community within your feeder pattern. So if you are a high school principal, how can you get more interaction with middle school or elementary school kids and not just through sports? I think that that's a really easy way and I'm not saying it's a bad way, but you have a lot of other kids and a lot of other families who aren't necessarily sports families. Yeah, that's good thinking. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to our pod to receive them as soon as they drop. Follow us on Instagram at The Modern Principal. Head to our website at themodernprincipal.com and be sure to visit Just Right Reader. Bye. Bye.